It's Thursday on Splash Play, which means it's time to get weird, and it's time to welcome in a very special guest that we're going to have later, Spags. Our accountant, Willis, is awesome. Yeah, our accountant, Willis, has been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes here, helping make sure the ride or die picks have the etiquette that I'm sure you guys can see every single time we do an episode. And as Pete hinted at, it's the low probability crystal ball day. We're going to build a low ball lineup for week seven's main slate. And of course, talk a lot about this potential mess of a Broncos Browns game coming up on Thursday night football. So Pete hit that intro. I was or don't. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun and also a well-oiled machine, as you can see right away. But I am Chris Spags, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? And I have to say, before I even say a single word more, um, Pete gave me a very nice birthday shout-out on Twitter, which got some great engagement. So, Pete, that's my thank you right there for you doing that, making people aware of me rapidly aging before their eyes. Yeah, how was your uh, your meal? I saw some of the Instagram stories. It looked like you were eating uh, very fancy food. It was this, so it's this Wagyu steak place, which I, I think I pronounced it correctly, though I feel like I've heard people say Wagyu a million different ways, but it was really good. The one thing with it, and you could check my Instagram stories at Chris Bags if you want to see what Pete's talking about, it'll be up there for whatever the normal time period is an Instagram story is up there. And it was like really good. The issue was like, it was the thinnest slice steak I think I've ever had in my life where like you know, expensive as can be, you know, relative to what you're expecting of a steak place. But like you go to, you know, a Fogo de Chao or whatever Brazilian churrascaria that'll be in your area or even like a local steak place. And I feel like you'll get much bigger portions. But I, I don't know, Pete, I feel like you might be a quality over quantity guy, but I do tend to have a little more towards the quantity. No, I'm, I'm actually with you on that take. I feel like you have to prepare yourself too for those situations where it's like you don't want to go in starving to a meal like that and i feel like generally now i have a pretty good read like if we're going out to eat with my in-laws to some nice place and i'm like all right i need to have a snack before so i'm not just you know ravenous at the table so you got to be it's a it's a fine line and and i know what you mean sometimes you're like can i i need two of everything just to feel satiated yeah, and my girlfriend is still not able to eat red meat or not able to eat red meat because of the, uh, well, A, she's pregnant and B, she's also just not been super into it. But the way they were preparing the meat was warm red, so it wasn't cooked all the way through in a way that's safe for a prego to be having that. And unfortunately, that meant missing out on the ribeye steak, which seemed like the most tantalizing one. So that's that's the struggle here out in Los Angeles that I'm sure everybody can relate to across the country when going to their, their Wagyu steak places to feel like a fancy boy. But we're back on track for this show, Pete. We got a lot to talk about. So first of all, let's get the plugs out of the way if you're watching on peach channel or the splash play channel make sure to hit that like button and of course subscribe to the channel because we're doing shows monday thursday friday 2 30 eastern we're always here showing up doing the best we can to put on a fun show for you guys so help us out hit the like button and subscribe to both peach channel and the splash play channel and also make sure you're going to our apple podcast page and leaving us five stars and a review helps us out a bunch on there as well as gets you guys a chance to get a golden ticket to be a guest on this show like our account willis Honestly, he would have been on the show either way. Yeah. But we're going to say he got the golden ticket just because he left us a review. So please go do that for us on Apple Podcasts. And of course, this show would not be possible if it weren't thanks to our friends over at Football Outsiders. So go check out all the data that you hear referenced on every betting and fantasy video out there by going to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Uh, they have packages on there for just under $5 a month where you can get DVOA. 
It's, of course, their most famous data point, but also defense versus receivers, some drive stats, pace stats. They have snap count data as well. Some of that stuff is free. Some of it's behind the paywall, but you're getting a little bit of everything to help understand football on a holistic level. So go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe and check out FO Plus for under $5 a month. But Pete, we got some news here, and this Thursday game is a really weird one where Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt all going to be out tonight versus Denver. Odell Beckham seemingly trending towards not playing while Jarvis Landry slated to return. And what do you make of this skeleton crew Browns team who might be the most unlucky team in the NFL with injuries so far. Yeah, they've had a bad run out here. This is going to be a pretty gross game. It has a 40.5 uh, over under here. Both these teams like to run the ball. I think we're going to see a ton of Dearness Johnson, a ton of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I can't imagine that the Browns barely want to let Baker Mayfield throw. So how much are they going to let Case Keaton throw in this spot, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, is banged up as well. So I think this is going to be uh, an incredible gross game, but thank God for showdown because showdown can actually make these games relatively fun. We can maybe find some angles uh, later when we build a lineup that might be interesting, but I'm not chomping at the bit to sit and watch this game for three and a half hours tonight. No, it's not the prettiest one. And it also comes NBA season. If you're not familiar, we talked about the underdog best ball drafts and encouraging people out there, which I know some of you did to jam in some lineups because that one ended up overlaying by about 20,000 entries. So hopefully Somebody from our audience will have taken advantage of that. And honestly, hopefully maybe one of the hosts took advantage of it well enough to win. But I feel like with the NBA back, like the NBA also only has three games tonight, too. They had 11 games yesterday. They kind of staggered to avoid Thursday night football, as they usually do. And the result is like both sports are just going to be absolutely miserable tonight. But I will still be playing upwards of four figures just because you got to do it. Wow, nice uh, brag! Just flexing know, just your saying. NBA bank. All my birthday on. money, all the, all the <laughs> money my mom gave me via Zelle. I'm just gonna throw it right back into DK. There you go. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I made uh, an NBA lineup uh, last night. I actually min cashed. Uh, I was trying to win the Toad uh, contest uh, mm. on DraftKings, and then I was like, you know what? If I get second place and lose out on this Toad, and then don't have this lineup in an actual good contest, uh, I'm gonna hate myself. So I put it into a single entry and made my money back. So I'll, I'll take it. What is the toad? I know I saw that was on the lulls headline. I didn't get a chance to check that show out yet, but I saw the tournament. I have no idea what it is. And I admittedly, these were popping up so fast. I can't keep up. And I know that is part of your focus, Pete, but tell us about the crypto toads and what's really going on and why are they involved with DraftKings? I don't know. I mean, the, the bigger, basically Matt Kalish, who co-founder of DraftKings is very into NFTs. He does a pro, uh, a podcast with uh, Gary V now. So he's very uh, plugged into that. And, he had a monster sale the other day. He flipped uh, one of the board apes. He bought it for like 300 Ethereum, which is an absurd amount of money uh, a few months ago and sold it the other day for like 669 Ethereum. Uh, so he knows that these are good marketing tools and it completely works because Spags, I was not going to play NBA DFS. And I said, wow, this seems like a fun way. How else can I get a toad for $25? Uh, so I, I went for it and I failed. But Matt Kalish, genius marketing uh, over there on DraftKings with the NFT prizes. Did that tournament max out? Yeah. Oh. Uh, there might have actually, I, it there might have been the smidge uh, of overlay, but it's so funny because you'll see like Chipotle Attic maxed it. I think Osimo maxed it. Um, so they, 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 they're getting even the grinders to go after these, you know, theoretically negative EV tournaments. Yeah, interesting. So definitely, you know, shout out to DraftKings doing some unique things. Of course, uh, Pete's tournament, the Deposit Kingdom tournament on there as well. So make sure you are checking that out and playing it every week as well. And that's still rake free, right, Pete? 
Uh, yep. Yeah, I have the link down in the show notes. Uh, DraftKings uh, hooked it up again. We increased it to 425 people for this week. Last week, it filled uh, late Friday evening. I imagine it'll be similar this week, late Friday evening, early Saturday morning. So if you want in, uh, now is your chance. Link in the show notes, or you can find it in the Deposit Kingdom Discord. I have it pinned in a few of the channels in there. Yeah, so no rake in that one as we talk about overlay, a very important thing, as we mentioned with the underdog best ball for NBA. Not paying rake in a tournament, also an important thing to save yourself that 10 to 15%, depending on the site you're playing on. So go play in that tournament. We'll be playing in that tournament as well. So uh, hopefully this week, Pete, I could finish above 394 out of 400, but I don't want to set the bar too high. No, I mean, I I think that's a reasonable goal. Uh, As long as you're finishing first or last, you're fine. Yeah, just my cash game lineup, I think, is what I'm going to do just to not embarrass myself this week. But we'll see. Other news for week seven. Antonio Gibson, Ricky Seals Jones, and Terry McLaurin all limited in practice. Gibson in particular, I thought the quote was a weird one where the coach said basically he's going to be limited in practice so he can go on Sundays with no pitch count. And Pete, this is a guy who's like 23, 24. Like it doesn't feel like you should be this banged up this earlier in your career. And this week they're playing at Green Bay, a team that we know can you know put up a lot of points fast, especially against a Washington defense that has been, as we talked about on here, uh, a team thought we would be good coming into the year. They are not living up to the hype so far. And this spot, Pete, I feel like J.D. McKissick, a guy who was a strong play last week, talked about a little bit on the show. I feel like if Gibson's going to be banged up every week, McKissick lurks is a really interesting GPP play until that salary comes up a little bit higher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Antonio Gibson, he's been a little frustrating. He's kind of like DeAndre Swift too, right? Where they're just on the injury report week after week. Um, they're always questionable, but they're, they're always on the right side of questionable. It never seems like they're truly in doubt to miss. Um, it's more of an issue for Antonio Gibson because of JD McKissick. Like you said, at least with DeAndre Swift, he still has a really nice pass catching role, but Antonio Gibson, you know, he's still losing work to McKissick. And then they find themselves in these negative game scripts, like they will be against KC and, and likely, uh, against the Packers this weekend. So yeah, I, Gibson now is just kind of firmly in that territory where he's a good GPP play when the field's not on him, but he's, he's just not going to be a good chalk type play with his usage. And like you said, the injury concerns right now. Yeah, and as uh, people are pointing out in chat, in particular, Ross saying uh, that Gibson has a broken leg. I think it's more of a stress fracture, which I could be you know, worse and could be basically like a traditional broken leg, but it could also be like a hairline fracture. I think they've been deliberately uh, weird about the details there. But either way, you don't want your young running back who's getting a lot of work uh, to have any sort of break in his leg. I'll, I'll make that hot take here on the show, as we always try to here on Splash Play. Uh, we also got Terrace Marshall for Carolina not practicing. His status is up in the air at the Giants, while on the Giants side, no Kadarius Tony. It looks like no Saquon Barkley, no Kenny Galladay in this spot versus Carolina Pete for the Giants. I feel like kind of an interesting tournament spot. We've seen the Carolina's defense certainly not live up to that early season success that they had. The Giants themselves also getting in shootouts from time to time, but also completely crap in the bed as they did last week against the Rams. So in this spot for you, do you find this Carolina Giants game appealing with just less options to take target share away? Yeah, I mean, I, I find it it. It's not a game I, I want to stack up, but I think there are some pieces here. I think Chuba Hubbard is definitely mispriced at 6,100. I think he looks uh, pretty nice to me. And then uh, Sterling Shepard, you know, he's back now. He was one guy when I ran the first set of Sims for this week, he was popping uh, in a ton of lineups. And at 5,600 with these guys banged up and potentially out, I think Sterling Shepard is going to be a really nice play again. Uh, and yeah, Galladay, and Kadarius, both of them didn't practice, like you said, um, and both are expected to miss this weekend's game is what New York Daily's Pat Leonard said. So 
Uh, it's going to set up for a nice spot for Sterling Shepard. I'm going to guess he becomes chalk at 5,600 if both those guys miss. Yeah, Sterling Shepard has been a target monster in the past, a game that we'll probably talk a little more about, though. Pete, I realized we didn't book a guest for tomorrow, I don't think. Yeah, I uh, I meant to uh, <laughs> talk to you about that. Uh, I, I'll, <laughs> the dog ate your homework, and we don't have a guest. No, I'll, bu I'll book a guest for uh, for tomorrow. If you guys have any uh, people you would like to see, I, I have a name in mind that we've discussed before, Spag, so I'll touch base yeah, with you. And, I'm and confident we'll have somebody here. And, you know, if not, we could always do an old school two-man, but we have been riding, riding the laurels of really everybody else out there and their views that they're providing, guys like Sal Vetri, John Daigle, of course, uh, Al Zeinfeld last week. And, uh, you know, we were enjoying these Friday shows, so come tune in tomorrow and see our mystery guests. It's definitely not us not planning something. It's just that we're trying to keep the, the spice in our relationship by keeping that up in the air. Um, we got <laughs> what, what, is this, what is this? Is your analogy that our marriages got stale and now we need to become swingers on Fridays to keep <laughs> I'm actually, that, that is a plot line. I don't want to spoil it for anybody on the show you this season. And maybe it's just in my head that we, you know, maybe we need to do some, some podcast couple swap for, you know, don't kink shame our podcast feed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We get, we got some good suggestions in the, in the chat here uh we do need to get uh josh norris back on it unless joshua is referring to himself which he might be <laughs> i think joshua was in fact referring to himself but it, any josh really they're all good guys out there so we'll take whatever Josh's we can get uh some more news we got ty hilton 50 50 on playing at san francisco after not practicing two straight days and and pete i know you don't like the dusty old guys ty hilton looked pretty good before being hurt again immediately in that game last week so in this spot to see why hilton being available or not matter to you because i do think probably not going to affect jonathan taylor but michael Pittman having his most down game of the season i think coming into the game where we did see ty hilton have some success like that doesn't surprise me at all and i think that is actually an important note here if hilton's out i think you do have to bump Pittman up a little bit yeah, this is uh, this is the Sunday night football game, so not on the main slate. T.Y. Hilton said he's 50-50 uh, to play. Yeah, he he looked fine. Uh, if you do remove him, though, I think uh, Pittman becomes a really nice play. What was it? The was it when they played the Ravens uh, on Monday night uh, last mm -hmm. week? Um, he he looked really good, and he had a nice projection there. So yeah, he'll project well. Um, the Colts, the Colts and Forty ers That's a funny matchup, just because those are two of the more I don't know, underwhelming teams relative for what we'd hope they would have done at the beginning of the season. Yeah, two teams that do want to establish the run. And and part of that, I think that process might be affected by Jimmy Garoppolo, who's back limited in practice. And again, it's Sunday night football, so we'll have some more nuanced takes. We'll definitely know more uh, by the time the game rolls around. Probably won't know enough by tomorrow. But Pete, in this spot, just since we are talking about it, Garoppolo being back, how does that affect things for you with you know, the offense certainly going to run a little bit differently if he's out there versus having Trey Lance one more time? Yeah, uh, I, I, to me, the interesting thing, we keep seeing like the different configurations with this offense, like, oh, we see him with George Kittle, but with, you know, Garoppolo, and then we see him without, but with Lance. And now, so the next thing for me, the biggest wrinkle for me is like Debo is going to be fine with no George Kittle. I think Debo is going to have a huge target share. The question for me is what, what is Brandon Ayuk's role going to be? Because if we can't come out of this by and have Brandon Ayuk without George Kittle, you know, putting up decent numbers. I, I'm starting to, uh, to get very concerned. And then I'm also very curious what they do with the running back situation. Like, I think things set up really nicely for Elijah Mitchell. Now coming out of this by the team just does not trust Trey Sermon. So I'm, I have big hopes for both Elijah Mitchell and Brandon Ayuk on Sunday night.
Now, are there any, any other injuries that you know that I know? Obviously, Pete's doing the Fantasy Life newsletter, keeping up with everything as best he can, though, today. Uh, clearly, more injuries to worry about for Thursday night football. But is there anything else you've seen this week that's worth bringing up here in our Week 7 news? I guess the Deshaun Watson trade might be worth talking about again uh, for, like, the 700th time this season. <laughs> I know. We talked about it a little bit on ship chasing last night. I haven't even wrote about it in the newsletter, this new set of rumors, because it just feels like it's a false flag. Like, every week and a half, the, like, exact same rumor comes up, just, like, a, a slight twist on it of, oh, there's a potential trade in the works, and then it disappears. And so, even though it's been coming from reputable sources, I still just don't buy it uh, right now. And it's kind of like, I, I need more smoke before I waste my precious time spilling ink on these Deshaun Watson trade rumors. But I, we were talking about, it and I don't, I don't think he's the worst stash. If you're, if you've been burned at quarterback or say you're a guy like me who drafted a lot of Trey Lance and Justin Fields. And like, you're just trying to hit that high upside swing. Like if you want to rotate in some Deshaun Watson to build yourself some upside there, but to me, it seems really thin and uh, with the bipocalypse slash by Mageddon slash by 2K happening, those roster spots are incredibly valuable. And I personally am not wasting any of them on uh, Deshaun Watson right now. I honestly wouldn't as the one guy, and this might be surprising given my historical takes on this guy, but I do think the two rumors are the most interesting part where apparently Houston might not want him and Miami might flip to a, going to Denver instead uh, to get some extra picks to throw into the Watson trade or to replenish themselves after giving up whatever they give up for Watson. So that's one that actually went interesting to me because we're seeing Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball downfield more than ever, throwing as much as Drew Locke did historically. And if Tua is going to be forced to kind of get the ball downfield, the guys like Cortland Sutton to Jerry Judy, when he returns to Tim Patrick, that's a pretty appealing team in, yeah, he did make the most of the Miami core, who's also pretty appealing. So uh, that is something maybe to ding to a four. But uh, going to Denver, maybe a good move for him, maybe a fresh start in a way that could be positive. So we'll obviously talk more about it if the rumors do go through. But at this point, that's just kind of where it all stands. But Pete, it's about that time for the low probability crystal ball. And we got almost 80 people watching live right now. So viewership soaring for this moment here. Where we get to embarrass ourselves. Are you ready once again, Pete, to look at the low probability plays that could happen this week? Uh, I'm never ready for this segment, Spags, so I hope that was a rhetorical question, but I am ready to give it my all. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm costuming up because I can't do this bit without having a shawl on my head and a crystal ball. And and of course, this is the time where we look into our low probability crystal balls. We embrace our inner soothsayers and we see what the future could hold on some low probability outcomes this week. And Pete, I don't know if you want to go first because this is historically the segment where you do a better impression as opposed to the crystal ball telling me how you're getting lapped on Welcome to the Family. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just want everyone to know that uh, my way to get into character is to put my new blue light glasses on that I recently purchased because my eyes went crazy on me the other week. So please know that this is what it is signifying, me becoming a fortune teller, Spags. And it's so interesting. I look into my same crystal ball and I was trying to change the channel. I said, I already saw this prediction last week and I can't do anything about it but say Robbie Anderson yet again. Splash play Rob. I see him finally delivering on all this usage. He's in the air yards by low model he continues to get targets at a high clip and yet everyone has left him for dead but i'm doubling down someday i will make more money than spags the storyteller and it will be on this robbie anderson call that i refuse to abandon if you keep banging your head against the wall over and over again eventually you'll break through as we all know and anytime you could back a man who was our former mascot who has under a 40 percent catch rate on the air why the crystal ball tells me you simply must do it pete and similarly I'll take a comparably bad bet, but this week, I think the Justin Fields emergence we've all been dying for 
Crystal Ball tells me it finally will present itself as he storms into Tampa Bay, defeats the Super Bowl champion single-handedly as Allen Robinson goes for 150 yards and a touchdown. The Crystal Ball doubling up on projections, moving the target over and over again so you simply don't know what's right and what's wrong. And Pete, that's what the Crystal Ball hath told me. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes your deliveries are so perfect and so well executed that I do wonder if you've scripted every single thing you're going to say. No, Pete. In fact, this is an improv show where we only do the vaguest forms of prep and then we put on our blue blocker glasses (laughs) to help see the future without our little delicate eyeballs getting all fuzzy wuzzies. (laughs) Hey, I was in a bad spot a few weeks ago. Please just let me take care of myself. Self-care is something we often forget about. Uh, The viewership is going down, Pete, so please let's spike the upside here with one more prediction oh my god i must do something to maintain ratings if this person is not in the winning millie maker lineup i will give everyone 100 dollars. <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm lying but miles sanders is going to be in the winning millie maker lineup this week i have looked deep into the crystal ball i see other people try to do this with their ride or die picks and they fail miserably time and time again but miles sanders is the skeleton key to the week seven slate kenneth gainwell has been (laughs) kenneth gainwell the crystal ball is freezing up, it seems. Uh, it must not be the most functional crystal ball based on the, the quality of the predictions and the execution itself. Kenneth Gainwell has been dispatched to the island of misfit toys, and Miles Sanders will run again. I see 20-plus carries, 6-plus catches, and 2 touchdowns for Miles Sanders in this pace-up game against the Raiders. Anytime you can, Crystal Ball tells me, anytime you can take a running back who's targeted less than another running back while also with a quarterback who never checks down, you simply must do it to win the millions. Say whoever you like so I can shit on them too. I am ready for it. Well, Pete, I'll go more towards a game construction, a game stack, as it were, is what my crystal ball tells me, because my crystal ball cares about proper DFS mechanisms and knowing that you should pair a quarterback with two of his receivers and then run it back with one more. And that'll be the case in the Millie Maker this week with Atlanta and Miami, two teams in great turmoil. They will persevere, according to the crystal ball, and find their little slivers of hope as Tua or Matt Ryan, one of these two, will be stacked up in that Millie Maker winning lineup, Pete, and I've increased my odds of success just as the crystal ball hath foretold oh that is so so cool spags it's almost as if you were able to run an optimizer and see what was the best points per dollar stack on the week thank you so much for your creativity this is almost as insightful as the time you told us that kyle pitts was gonna be a good play congratulations everyone is flocking to your store give spags money he can read the front page of the newspaper to you Honestly, I think that it wouldn't be a bad bit either. We just read the front page of the newspaper and silly voices. At this point, it seems like every bit's hitting its stride at the right times. But either way, I think the ownership indicates that this game is very under-owned, Peter. And I find it to be unfair that you're characterizing it in this way. The crystal ball does, that is, of course. I think Calvin Ridley's going to be one of the most popular plays on the slate. Uh, a broken crystal ball still right twice a day. That does not bode well when you drop your crystal ball during a prediction. And seed, I think. We... <laughs> what, a, what a world this is. You putting on the glasses was a curveball I wasn't prepared for. This is, this is how I take care of myself. <laughs> no, that's fair. All right, we got 
Black guys, hit the like button if you can. Uh, we got Ryan Hodge, of course, a DFS guy. Odd is on his own there doing stuff. Uh, where is Ryan? Is Ryan still at Fantasy Labs? Fantasy like, Labs. Yeah. Okay, Ryan's got his own projects too. Ryan's got a lot of hustles here. But asking, um, what did I just watch in the super chat? And um, I think Pete, that's a question you can answer here on your channel. Uh, no, I'm not gonna answer it. I'll, just don't clip that one. <laughs> oh, I, I guess now I have to. I wasn't going to clip anything today, but now now that you've specifically asked me not to, I guess I pretty much have to. <laughs> um, please don't. Right. Clip Should it. we get Willis on here? I mean, we could also do numbers don't lie before Willis. But... I, I like I like having the guest uh, for numbers don't lie. So Willis, enter. Okay. Here yeah, I also uh, swallowed my water incorrectly, so that was, <laughs> that was painful. Willis, <laughs> welcome to the show. Of course, Willis, our accountant who does a lot of stuff behind the scenes and is also just a great supporter and friend of ours on the show. So Willis, welcome here on Splash Play for the first time. How's it going, guys? It's good to be on here with you, Spags. And Pete, well, I'm excited on. to have you on, Willis. I feel like wow, talk- Willis, it's good well, to be on with Spags. I just meant this is the first time I've been on a show with Spags. Okay, I've, all right. You know, mm-hmm. so I, what you're saying is our kind of show relationship is like a you know tired marriage, but getting on with Spags is kind of spicing <laughs> things up for you. Also, I'm getting killed in chat. Nick saying, Spags saying that I would say Derrick Henry will be a good play this week. Is that a 10-pointer? That's just unfair. I have been, as Willis can tell you as well as anybody, I have been throwing up 10-pointers blindly time and time again, getting roped into shit plays just for the sake of making content on this show. No, it's a great bit. Uh, No matter how wild Spags gets, we must roast him for still being too conservative. And let's not let this go by. Willis, what time is it? where you are right now is it is it one 156 yeah did i just see you are you you gonna shame me (laughs) for drinking a beer you're our accountant and you're getting drunk on the job this this is one beer let's see it let's see it it is only a 10.6 percent (laughs) sour you know it's not a sour though so willis gets points for me for that wow i mean Spags, are you a little concerned that our accountant gets drunk during the middle of the day? I think it really just speaks to the quality of the show that a person who's managing things behind the scenes for us would need to get drunk at 1.15 or 1.55 p.m. just to exist. So, Willis, thank you for living up to the hype of what I presume we're doing to everybody who watches the show. Listen, he he puts my emote in the Deposit Kingdom Discord uh, on the thumbnail. I can't not come into the stream without the glass i love it It, the straight chalice actually that's that's more of a wine glass than a chalice if we're being honest it is called a uh i don't know how to pronounce it i can spell it because it's easy to uh spell but it's a cup so you can you (laughs) it's it's spelled t-e-k-u that's the name of the glass yeah tech you or teku i don't know okay Okay. i just drink the beers i don't really know much of Look, if you're going to be the one drinking at 155 on a Thursday, you can drink in whatever glass you want. I think you have to have yeah. that level of knowledge. I, uh, I, you know, I do want to fact check Willis. You know, sometimes people come on here and just fucking make up names of stemware, and I don't like that. So I have to uh, fact check, and it does look like Teku is a uh, is a thing here. Widely recognized as one of the finest craft beer glasses available today, the Teku glass was first designed by an Italian sensory expert. Hey, welcome to the bro- family. Hey. Nice Teku glass. Huh? Hey, get it. You get a Teku. You get a Teku. Maron, you got your Teku glass. You got to be drinking at 2 p.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> Why not? That's what the family does. Um, 
Willis, right, do, you regret, <laughs> do you regret coming on the show after after we grilled you about drinking during the middle of the day? No, I just I just can't believe I'm getting shamed for drinking it. You know, the funny thing is, like, I fully support it too. Some days you're just done early, and you can you can have a beer and be functional. Like, there's no issue with that. We need to not shame people and lump people into categories, and we don't need to drag them to meetings and such, introducing themselves and telling the stories. Like, let's let's fuck all of that. Yeah, I don't have any meetings today. I just you know have a little bit work to finish. So, uh, all right, Willis, let's get you warmed up. You're gonna answer this start this question <laughs> for who die here. They're six and zero in their ten man PPR league. Their well, team he, was John. He traded Cordell or Patterson. I don't know what kind of idiot would ever <laughs> bet against Cordero Patterson, but I would never trade him away. You I mean, would never I mean, trade like, him away. Right there, how could you? No, I would never. I would never make a bet against him either. You know, especially against one of his own teammates, who is terrible. <laughs> Willis just twisting the Mike Davis knife. When are you going to pay that bet off, Spags? No, no, Pete, I'm talking about myself here. What? My bet that I have with uh, Phil Burnzone. Oh, I forgot what your bet was. Remind me. It's just, it was um, underdog scoring Cordero Patterson versus Olamide Zacchaeus. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's that, going to be tough. That's a coffin right there. <laughs> but Mike Davis at least has a shot to dig out of that hole at some in, point. One, one yard at a time. Too, I made this bet long before the Falcons cut every other running back on their <laughs> roster. So I didn't know that Cordero Patterson was going to be the number one. And, and Phil won't let you pay him now, right? He's no, making no, you... he's, he's milking it. He, he just... <laughs> I, I wanted to pay after week four. I said, I said, Phil, give me your Venmo or PayPal. I will pay it right now. There is no way Olamide is even going to get to what Cordero has after week four. It's yeah. true. It's, it's that's true. sad, but true. But this is some of the fun you can get if you join Pete's Deposit Kingdom Discord as well. A lot of fun personalities on there making bets that probably not plus EV relative to the time frame, but that's the fun of it all. And I also got to give a quick shout out to PLAP111 saying, I'm behind a few minutes, but I love when the crystal ball bit goes off the rails and it just becomes you two having a normal conversation using stupid voices. <laughs> I could also, you could say that's just the show in general at this yeah. point. Will you actually leave that as an iTunes review? <laughs> yeah, yeah PLAP, please. Five stars interview an Apple podcast if you want to be a guest on the show with your salient <laughs> observations about what we're doing but it's time for numbers don't lie the game where i'm going to read three stats two are true one is a lie pete and willis will have to guess which of the three stats is a fake and willis you've been on board with us basically since day one of splash play so you know this game as well as anyone and the tricks that i like to throw pete's way to keep on his toes so do you feel ready for this moment in this in the spotlight in the sunshine uh, i'm gonna try my best so okay i feel like you could brought a little more energy to that one <laughs> <laughs> Let's yes, Spats, I'm ready. Let's go. There we go. Thank you, Willis. That's the kind of account oh, energy I want to see. Did I tell you? So I went, uh, I, I went to uh, my nephew's christening on Sunday, and the priest was like trying to be really funny. And whenever he was doing like the affirmations and stuff, he he would like go, "I can't hear you. I can't hear you." So I'm like, "Yes, I, I bless this child." I was like, "Don't stop making me scream." Uh, it was it was tilting me. I mean, it's the worst when you're doing crowd work at a, at a christening. <laughs> yes. <I guess. laughs> Thank God I had my mask on because otherwise this guy would have just been just shooting daggers at this guy not smiling. <laughs> Good thing you didn't have your glasses on, just didn't sit there not laughing, your blue blocker glasses. Otherwise, it would have been. <laughs> hey, I only need these when I'm looking at the screen. You do Smart. look smarter. I have to give you that. 
doesn't take much to make me look smarter. Though, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> right. Numbers don't lie. Three stats here. We'll find which two are true, which one is false. And I'm going to start off with the first one where this could be some small sample size theater, but there is an interesting stat amongst the players on top of the intended touch percentage, the amount of times that players are getting a touch or an intended touch, meaning a target or a rushing attempt uh, per their snaps. It's guys who don't play many snaps like Makai Sarger from Tennessee, who has an intended touch rate on 100% of his snaps. Demarea Crockett from Denver, 73% of his snaps are trying to give him a touch. Washington's Jarrett Patterson, an intended touch on 70% of his snaps. And then, Pete, we get Mark Ingram, who has an intended touch rate. 64% of his snaps are trying to give him the ball for the rudderless Texans. Pete, does that sound true to you that they are looking at Mark Ingram and they're going, yeah, let's give this guy the ball time and time again? Yeah, um, that does make sense to me. Uh, he was getting a ton of work at the beginning of the season. It seemed like there was like week three and four, they were starting to use a little bit more David Johnson and Lindsay, but now things seem to have swung back again. Does that check out for you, Willis? Yeah, I, I remember uh, hearing something on a show about how much usage Mark Ingram was getting. I don't know about all the other dudes because I literally only know of like two of them. So he could be making up, you know, names and that could be the false thing in this thing. So. I have to say, I wish I had thought of that now in hindsight, because a Makai Sargent, I only knew off the top of my head because he was in that showdown lineup uh, the other day for versus the Bills. And I was like, yeah, this guy's popping up a little bit more than he probably should. But either way, won't give the answer to that one away. Another game or another stat here that we'll talk about. We've previously discussed Javante Williams' status as an elite tackle breaker, somehow ahead of the legendary Melvin Gordon with an elite 34% avoided tackle rate. But ahead of this Javante Williams, the smaller sample size is one of Pete's other young boys, potential pass <laughs> Breakout star Ramondre Stevenson. Please don't England say what of Pete's other young boys. <laughs> well, young boys, young boys is a phrase in samurai culture, and I think also pro wrestling in Japan too, where it's like the guys were on the come up. It's not. It's less creepy than it sounded to be okay. clear. Okay. Um, anyway, New England rookie uh, Ramondre Stevenson is tops among qualified rushers with a 36% avoided tackle rate of his own. Uh, Willis again, two of Pete's young boys here. <laughs> Who do you, do you think it sounds true here? Ramondre Stevenson a little bit ahead of the avoided tackle rate ahead of Javante Williams. Uh, I can see that, but I just wanted to clarify one thing. Ramondre Stevenson is not one of Pete's boys. That, that, is, Pat, that is Pat Corain's boy. And uh, no, but I kind of co-opted him, and he's definitely now one of you my young share boys. young boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so Pete, do you think that sounds true? Um... My only thing is I feel like his big play last week was in the pass game. Um, I know he was making a lot of guys miss in the preseason. It's something feels a little fishy to me there on that one. I'll just, I'll just say it, even though he is one of my young boys. <laughs> the last stat here, there aren't a lot of guys over a 90% catch rate at this point of the season who are running over 20 routes per game. There are some running backs who fit that criteria, guys like Austin Eckler with a 93% catch rate, the undeniable Melvin Gordon with a rounded up 93% catch <laughs> Overwritten. rate. Overwritten. <laughs> also, Aaron Jones with a 91% catch rate, but one outlier receiver is in the mix, a former prospect to note, Chris Moore, who's caught 90% of his targets, even with a lofty 13 air yards per target. Pete, you heard this stat. You heard a lot of Melvin Gordon references for the, 
for the super chat for the young boys. So Pete, which which stat is true and which which I don't two even, stats are true? Which say the last one again. Just sum it up without the all the flowery language. All right, uh, three players at running back have over a 90% catch rate. Austin Eckler, 93. Melvin Gordon, 93. Aaron Jones, 91. But the receiver, who's an outlier here, over 20 routes per game and over a 90% catch rate, Chris Moore, with a 90% target uh, catch rate of his own at 13 air yards per target. Willis, he always does this where he slips his guys in here. The Melvin Gordon one, like there's something fishy with that Melvin Gordon one. Yeah, I think I think you were onto something with the second one, though. Like yeah. something, something's off with the with the Ramondre one because the Chris Moore stats seem to check out like the thirteen yards per target and all that stuff. You know, I know he had like one huge week like two weeks ago and everything. So yeah, I feel like it's probably the second one. Yeah, I'm I'm with uh, I'm with Willis. Something was off about the Ramondre thing. All right, something was, in fact, off the second one. That was the lie. In fact, Ramondre Stevenson only has an 18% avoided tackle rate. And you know who that's behind, Pete? 1% behind the legendary Melvin Gordon. 19% avoided tackle rate for him on the year. See, there was a reason for it, Pete. He every one. This is just a writing exercise for him to pump his Melvin Gordon and Mike Davis bags. I mean, spread your wings, Spags. There's so many other more players in the NFL. There's more numerical storylines we can focus on than just pushing your dipshit agenda. <laughs> My dipshit agenda. Now also, West Coast Jeb saying Melvin Gordon probably also drinking a beer right now. I hope he is. That's the kind of man that I want to back. And also, Joshua Frick saying slips in the young boys and the old man. People saying that I like the old men. I'd honestly, I'd rather have the young boys on my side than the old men at this point. This stream is uh, football outsiders. <laughs> Footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Please, because they need it after what we have done to their game. Find the freshest young boys and the hottest data over at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. But Willis, it's about time for us to build a showdown DFS lineup uh, for tonight's really uh, star-studded Browns and Broncos game that'll be coming up. And uh, Pete, do we have any sort of fun format here that we should be doing today? Or do we want to just do the usual pick-by-pick, pick, build our the best lineup that we can? Yeah, I say we, I say we go pick-by-pick pick for the showdown lineup for tonight, but uh, I did like the idea of doing a, a low ball I've got contest that, I've got for the main slate. Yeah. So after the the hit that was last week doing the low ball with Al Zeinfeld, we're going to make it a Thursday show staple where if we have one of our viewer guests on, they'll be part of it as well. But we will compete and do a low ball lineup and do that every week for you guys. So that is going to be part of it. But let's do the Thursday night football be, uh, build, Pete. If you can pull that pull that one up, boy, Jesus Christ, uh, pull that one up. Am I drinking at? You sound like me trying to do the crystal ball segment earlier. Ooh, positively ghoulish. <laughs> Showdown DFS build. Um, this game, though, is going to be an ugly one. Willis, have you you feel like you've done enough research here for a Browns team that's really going to have uh, nobody we expect to be good on the Browns available? I've done zero research. What? Okay. Willis, I that's, you were supposed to actually, do 50 hours of research before you came on this show. That's actually not true. I actually knew I was coming on to do this show and i built a uh showdown lineup already oh okay um, so we well we won't be able to build that exact one because we're going to ruin it for you but willis you are the guest here so we'll let you get the first pick uh take a captain take a flex spot whatever you want to do in this game for thursday night football with the browns and the broncos uh so i'm going to go with Cortland sutton love it in the captain spot 
Hard to argue that. Teddy Bridgewater will be playing today after some injury woes. Uh, looked like they could have knocked him out, but he'll be going. Cortland Sutton being targeted. And the air yards king in the NFL, as we've talked about on this show. Pete, you can go next. Yeah, I mean, if, if Cortland Sutton is our winning captain, I do think uh, Teddy Bridgewater will come along for the ride. So let's go ahead and toss him in. All right. Hard to argue that one. Also worth pointing out, according to DVOA, uh, Cleveland actually given up a 20% boost to wide receiver one so far on the year. Uh, whether defense versus receiver stats you can get as part of that Football Outsiders FO Plus package at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Um, for me, I will go. Uh, you know where I'm going to go, actually. I'm oh, going go to go <laughs> to the avoided tackle king, Melvin <laughs> Gordon, who's going to be firmly in the mix today with his 93% catch rate. I mean, my God, if Cortland Sutton has a great day, you know, he's going to benefit this guy, Melvin Gordon. That's what we hope. Way to, uh, way to ruin this lineup. Uh, Spags, we were on such a nice, nice path here. Um, you know what? Let's, um, let's toss Jarvis Landry in. I think he's too cheap at 6,600. I think he'll be a target hog, uh, for them tonight. Let's go with him. All right, Willis. Uh, wait. I like oh, did I take? <laughs> did I steal Willis's pick? God damn it! I'm sorry. You did Willis, you're, our guest you're, here, who's you're, just showing up, having a good time, and he can't even pick the guys he wants. No, you're fine. Uh, Landry was someone that I was considering as well. I do agree with you, Pete, that he is way too cheap at 6,600. He should probably be around the 8,000 salary that Jerry Judy is. Yeah, I would agree. So, I think too. I, do, do you think, Willis, do you think that uh, Jarvis Landry will be higher owned than Donovan Peoples-Jones? These guys are only a $200 price difference on DK, and I feel like people are going to chase that Peoples-Jones game, especially if Odell isn't available tonight. Um, Possibly. I would, I would say that most people will play Landry, though. I will say that Landry has a higher ownership than DPJ. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right, so let's so let's go Landry then. I go, I go or do we want to? Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. I I just jumped Willis for this pick, uh, and now it's back to Willis. So he doesn't have to use my Landry okay. as his pick. Um, I'm gonna go with the Broncos defense Ooh. to save us some money. Um, just because you literally have the third string and fourth string running back who's not really a running back. And then you also have the backup quarterback who is not very good playing in this game. It has an over-under of 41 and a half. And if I was a betting person, Which you I would are. probably take the under. <laughs> so, uh, And the other thing, too, is uh, defense uh, tends to correlate really strongly with the team's second best running back. So we already have Melvin Gordon in there. Uh, I think that's that bastard. Um, I do think I would just need to point out case Keenum. I think is an interesting play. I mean, I guess we could talk more about that when we make our ride or die picks right after this game. But, um, let me see all the numbers here. Uh, and Joku, uh, we got both running backs for Cleveland too. Who's running more routes per game. Let's see. Um, oh Felton boy. Felton is going to be, uh, I, I like the idea of onslaughting this lineup. Like once we're including the Broncos defense, I, I like the idea of going five Broncos and just Landry coming back. So then you, but then that means paying down a kicker, like going all the way down to McManus. I don't hate it. I guess for the correlation, I'll do it. And I guess I do think a lot of people will probably take the logic I had there of just getting one more Brown in, especially with both running backs and in Joku right there. So yeah, I think, I think let's take McManus. All right. 
There it is. The winner. Please don't dupe us in the hundred K huddle single entry tournament. We're begging you. Don't that is honestly, me, that is the kind of lineup though. When you have a total 40.5 on the books, like defense and a kicker is very much a possibility that could happen. But I, I don't know. Like, is Cleveland going to be that bad case? Keenum is like an average guy. Like he's like a, a replacement level QB. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I just think in general, I, I like getting those, the one fives and the five, one constructions just because they, they tend to be more unique. I think it'll be pretty chalky to go with like four, two, uh, Broncos tonight is what I guess will be the most popular construction. So just pushing it a little bit to five, one, I think helps. Yeah. Matthew in the chat saying that run the Sims is popping case captain as leverage for the hand builders out there. So that's an interesting one that I think yeah. I would agree with tonight. Let's segue into the ride or die picks. Cause I'm just going to make this stand. Now we got Denver getting 19.8 implied points, Cleveland getting 20.8 implied points, not as ugly of a Thursday night football game, according to the Vegas totals as you're, fi- as you're going to find. But I think people don't play the backup QBs enough at captain. I don't love the price tag on case Keenum wish he were a little bit cheaper, but I will take case Keenum as my ride or die pick as the showdown winning captain today. I just, think he's going to be confident enough to get through pete if you want to shit on that pick you can though you'd also be shitting on our boy justin freeman and run the sims which i know you can't do yeah i'm not going to shit on that yeah he's right now he's appearing in 21.6 percent of captain uh lineups on the Sims. that's a lot yeah it is a lot um willis i'll let you go uh next here uh i'm i'm not gonna do a captain i'm going to fade spags's pick of captain and say that Case Keenum has less than 200 passing yards. That's like a one-pointer. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... How about this, Willis? How about this? To get your 10-point, you say Case Keenum doesn't appear in the winning lineup. That's a three? In in our contest. No, that would be a 10-pointer if Case Keenum isn't in the... I, I I will just parlay it. He, okay. he has under 200 passing yards, yes. and he doesn't appear in the winning lineup. It, within the, uh, it will use the contest we put the entry in the, that huddle. Uh, okay. Okay. That's a 10 pointer. All right. That's fair. I mean, that will is showing here that even as a man who's operating all the things that are counting behind the scenes, ride or die picks remain confusing for everybody on how to get a 10 well, point. <laughs> well, I feel like me and Pete are going to have the same captain, and his points are the ones that actually matter. Ooh. Um, so I didn't want to take the captain away from him. I, I think uh, looking at just the early sim results, it does look like both Sutton and Jarvis Landry are equally good captain choices after Keenum. Uh, so I was going to be happy to take whichever one of those you didn't take Willis, but uh, I'll take Sutton uh, our captain from our lineup and uh, have him be my ride or die pick. Yeah, it's really hard to argue Sutton. Worth pointing out, again, his air yards per game, 147.5, 17.4 air yards per target, uh, three deep balls per game, ca- uh, passes being targeted his way over 20-plus yards. If ever there were a day to blow up uh, an entire slate, or you know, it's going to be a single gamer on Thursday Night Football that nobody cares about. So that's uh, the Cortland Sutton ethos. Um, is it time to build the low ball lineup? That's the question. Yeah, I have. let's okay. build uh, the low ball. Willis, did you enjoy this format with Smith last week? Oh, I, I loved this format. Um, I love Smith's Smith's cage match um, idea and concept that he's been doing for like three, four years now. Yeah. And Spags, you uh, were happy. Well, not happy, but you boasted about being 394th mm. in Pete's um, Deposit Kingdom League. 
did you happen to see anyone lower than you? <laughs> I do know that you were one of the few people. I know that there were two people who didn't enter a lineup, and I believe one of the other people who was below me was, in fact, our own accountant, Willis. So all of us on this show doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, when you when you uh, super game stack the Ravens and Chargers and it doesn't work, then that's what happens. Yeah, and also the the Chiefs uh, Washington football team game too. Really, uh, two games I liked a lot did not go well, and that can tell you how my portfolio looked after this one. But uh, who gets the first pick in this low ball? Of course, where we are trying to get the lowest team possible. And Pete, what are the? I guess should we sort of clarify the rules up top? If somebody's inactive and doesn't play, we use their average. Is that still the way we're gonna? Yeah, do it? that's yeah. Uh, that's what we'll do. I think that's the cleanest. I will say, uh, you guys, I'll keep track of them for the screen share on here. Uh, but if you want to start putting them in a dummy lineup of your own, then we can send the three man league, uh, across. Cause that made it easy to keep track of last week. Yep. People were wanting to follow that and then we can post the link. So, uh, fill in your own lineup on your DraftKings account and then I'll send the invite after. Okay. How do you make like, this is going to be a stupid question. I'm sure is easier than I realized, but I've never, I never do it this way. How lineup. do you just make a lineup that goes not into a tournament? You go into the lineup page and hit create lineup. And then you have to pick which slate. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I, I swear to God, I've never once made a lineup this way in my entire life. And I've played on DraftKings for a very long time. Wow. Someone yeah. has never built a shell early in the week. No, I don't. As in fact, one thing I deliberately don't do, but I, I've got a lineup in now. Okay, so now I'm ready to go. Uh, but we'll let Willis get the first pick here in lowball. Of course, we're going to do the snake draft style and try to build the worst possible lineup. So it can correlate. It could not correlate, but we do have to spend, uh, we're going to say 49.5 overall is the, is the goal. Yeah, 49.5. And if you are taking a guy who's questionable and doesn't play, you got to take his average points per game on the year. All right, so Willis, you get the first overall pick here in our week seven low ball. So if you want to dupe this lineup, you can. But again, the goal is to have the lowest performing lineup. Um, Yeah, so I am going to take a, uh, an interesting approach. And I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley Ooh. and spend a decent bit of money and just hope he doesn't play. I mean, he's I, definitely looking. So is, is no, this no, gets no, but the Willis, spirit? But Willis, if he does, if he if he doesn't play, then you you eat twelve point nine points. Is that is that your angle? Yeah, I mean that's not that many points. Okay, all right, that's fine. That's a it's exploiting a loophole of mm -hmm. the game there. Um, I think that I think that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, there's a, so that's an interesting loophole that I do feel like maybe it's worth closing. Maybe not this one, but like, is it worth taking Christian McCaffrey here and taking his average? Because I was eyeing that up too, as it seems like you're doing on the computer right now. Well, he is on IR and has zero chance of playing. True. Yeah. Let's let's make that the the rule. If okay. someone is already ruled out, you you can't use them. Um, yeah, because because there is absolutely no chance that Christian McCaffrey can play this week. See, this is, you know what, Spags, for me, knowing that Willis already kind of identified this loophole and immediately started to exploit it makes me feel good that he's our accountant, right? Like, you want an accountant that is going to look for every edge to make sure you don't have to pay the most, you know, taxes, the least amount of taxes possible. And I, I like that we have Willis on our side. I agree. I know it's I'm I'm very happy to see Willis thinking next level 40 chess for this game that means nothing. I think it's really the thing we're always looking for. Pete, you get you get the second overall pick because I like taking the turn. Okay. Um I'm going to go with uh DeAndre Hopkins. This could definitely backfire <laughs> on me uh just because it, it, 
What? <laughs> as, as it did for me last week That's when he caught fucking two touchdowns on three catches. Yeah, I mean, his he is outrageously priced for uh, having three catches last week. H- hopefully, uh, they get it done through the air. But yeah, this could backfire with this team total. But I got to chew up some salary. And because I don't have any good loopholes to exploit uh, like Willis, I have to uh, pay up for DeAndre Hopkins here. All right, so this one that I'm going to take, I do think comes with some risk, but I, I'm going to lean into the young QBs versus Bill Belichick, the old hand, and I will take Zach Wilson as my QB, and I will also stack him up with <laughs> Elijah Morris too cheap. Um, I'll stack him up with Corey Davis and hope that the Jets uh, get their their favorite weapon, Corey Davis, taken away here in my stack of Zach Wilson and Corey Davis. You o- you opened up last week with a cheap stack too, right? Did yep, you start I did with one with uh with Davis Mills and Chris Conley? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna continue to chew up salary. I, I sat on this play too much last week and then Smith let it go by and I thought it was really smart. But I'm gonna use the Rams here five thousand dollars uh for a defense again could definitely backfire, but as long as they're not getting a couple pick sixes, uh, I think I will survive this at five thousand. All right, Willis, what do you want here? And you, uh, you get two picks in a row, too. So if you want, want to take a stack or you just want to take whatever two picks, go go get your two in a row now. So I am going to... I'm going to go with the Patriots hmm. defense and leverage against Spags' stack. <laughs> I mean, look, it's a smart move. It's just hurtful. I feel like we we don't take shots at old Pete here, huh? <laughs> hey, there's only so many times you could say you're trying well, to specifically leverage against me and then not expect our accountant to do it back to you. Well, I was honestly going to take the Rams defense. So Pete kind of stole that from me. So uh, All right. there you there go. Pete, so, oh, actually, no, Willis gets one more. So yep. Willis, what, what do you want besides this Patriots defense? Uh, uh I'm going to go with uh, Tua at quarterback. I mean, I Tua. like that, I think. Yeah. And so until he gets to Denver, then he's going to be a whole new man. But for now, um, though, again, you're leveraging against the thing my uh, the crystal ball said. Well, it's just it's hurtful is really what it is. <laughs> Get over it. We're, we're learning who Willis is in the pocket of. Big Pete. <laughs> big, big young boys, Pete. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Just don't ever say that again. <laughs> Pete, I, what do you want? Um, Let's see. I... I want to chew up some salary at quarterback. I don't like this price or this spot for Joe Burrow against the uh, the Ravens. So I'm going to go with Joe Burrow here at 6,200. All right. That's a reasonable pick, though. I, you had Joe Burrow last week, too. Right? You're just going yeah. in on poor Joe Burrow. And who won last week, Spags? Maybe you should take some notes. It's <laughs> true. You did, you did prove that you were the king of making the worst lineup, which... Well, you and Willis kind of proved it more in reality <laughs> at the Deposit Kingdom tournament. <laughs> you know what? All right. You win on both fronts, Pete. I hope <laughs> you're you. happy with yourself. I will take a defense that I talked about, hoping this game shoots out in the Justin Fields emergence. Uh, during our low probability crystal ball segment, but I'll take the Bucks high price defense here for 4K. Okay. That's and then I get one more, and I feel like I gotta spend some money at a running back position. Um, you know, I you know what? This guy, I think this could really bite me in the ass, but I we talked about him and it's in the top of my head. And quite frankly, he should not be sixty three hundred dollars. Cordero Patterson, come on down <laughs> as my running back. What do you think of that one, Willis? Done. 
don't like it. So, <laughs> you know, like I said to the guy that asked us for his trade advice, I, I just I would not bet against Cordero Patterson. Yeah, if he goes nuts again and somehow wins the Millie Maker at sixty three hundred, I am going to be apoplectic. I like it doesn't even matter for my portfolio and what I'm gonna do financially. I just don't think that should happen again. There you go. Um. Oh. All right, it's back to me or yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, it's on you. All right. Um I think I am I I don't like this. I might kind of go with the Smith strat and load up on a team that I think's a little too priced up. I'm going to go with Mixon here in this lineup uh with Burrow. Mixon coming off of a monster game uh, definitely could backfire, but I'm basically going to be able to just go with a bunch of shitty players from here on out. Also, it's Mookie saying that Cordell Patterson, I guess Phil B also saying Cordell Patterson's 8K on FanDuel. <laughs> I saw, yeah, we were talking about that on the small cast. It's absurd. I did, not, I did not know that, but boy, that is that is outrageous, but hilarious. Good bit by FanDuel. It is. Great bit. Um, all right, back to Willis. So for my first pick, I'm going to take uh, Terry McLaurin, mm. who last week did not do well being hampered by his injury and still has the same injury right now. I and like then it. I'm going to do something very risky, uh -oh. but eat up a bunch of salary. But there, there is no way Cooper Cup and keep getting away with this <laughs> oh my god i love hey god it sounds like you uh are upset about cooper cup having himself a season willis uh you know i i just maybe in in my high one high stakes league that i did i followed the well i didn't follow because i did this team before the draft that you guys on chip chasing had with crack rock yeah. But I did a similar thing to where I took Robert Woods over Cooper Cup, and it has not gone well. No, it has so, not. You know. Anytime you could take uh, the league's leading receiver against the team giving up 9.2 yards per pass, you got to do it. Uh, all right. Uh, your turn, Spags. Your turn. Um, is it? No, I think it's yours. Isn't it? Oh, it's back to yeah. – Yeah, it's yeah, on you. Okay. Oh, no, you know, Willis gets one – you know, Willis got no. one. Yeah. I did too. I took McLaurin yeah. and Cup. Yep. Um, all right. I'm I'm now gonna start filling out some of these guys that I think are just too expensive and could like be legit like air balls. I'm gonna throw in a Khalif Raymond here at forty seven hundred. Uh let's get some dust balls in this lineup. Okay. Khalif Raymond was a part of Al Zeidenfeld's lineup last week. He makes his appearance once again. Poor Khalif Raymond and his family. <laughs> um I will family. say for me, um Got Saquon's been taken. Where I can't. So people are saying Derrick Henry's questionable in chat. I, you know, after he just puts it down on Buffalo, do him it. Getting game scripted. Do it. Do out. it. Do, do it. it. Do Derrick it. Henry yeah. at running back. Let's do it. Oh, you're gonna get fucking buried. <laughs> I gobbled up a lot of salary. Maybe somehow he doesn't play. Maybe we get the Makai Sargent breakout game. Actually, no, that wouldn't be good either because the average for Derrick Henry is outlandish. <laughs> Real lose-lose proposition for me, but I do get one more. And I will take a guy that we've pointed out as a perennial underperformer at tight end. Uh, so far this year, Darren Waller will be my tight end. Seriously, throw this in the deposit kingdom uh, contest because this looks like a top one percentile lineup. Yeah, I was about to say, 
I, I, I might dupe this. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly might post it then in both and just see if I if I then don't win in low ball. Maybe I could win the deposit kingdom with fucking Cordero Patterson and running back. Yeah, that's how you know you have a good process. If the lineup you make, you can put it both into GPPs and into the low ball contest. That's that's how you know you're doing it right. Um. Okay. Uh, we mentioned the the shin. Uh. I don't like this uh, game environment for Antonio Gibson. I am going to go with Antonio Gibson here. Okay. All right, back to Willis. All right, for my first pick, I'm going to take Robert Tunyon, Mm -hmm. who is just absolutely terrible, and it's proving that he was a one-year wonder. Shots fired. <laughs> I mean, he he was just really touchdown dependent and has been for whatever scoring he's had this year. So I don't find any issue in that one. And then I am also going to I'm going to take uh, a legend in this stream from fellow chatter Joshua Frick. Oh, and wow. go with Julio Jones. He wanted it. I don't know if Julio or if Josh gets excited when Julio is used in the bear case scenario here. Uh, but maybe I, go I ahead. thought Willis was going to go with Melvin Gordon. And I was going to take that the most offense out of all the the indignations I've had to take this episode. <laughs> well, well, Spags, Melvin Gordon isn't on the slate, so that's I a good point. Take him. You know, all right, Will, Will, you showed off by knowing when the games are, Willis. We get it. <laughs> um. All right, it's back to me. Let's, uh, uh, now I get to just pick bad players. Also, Ryan Doherty in the chat saying, this low ball draft looks eerily similar to my normal lineup <laughs> building process. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, I want to do, sorry guys, I'm just having to crunch some numbers. Um, <clears throat> I need a tight end. I'm going to, I think Evan Ingram has been pretty trashy. 3,600. Let's do Ingram. I thought about going with Ingram. Yeah. All right. So I get two in a row here and I got to, I got to spend some money, but I also, I want to hurt Pete and that's where things really get dicey for me. Can I take Denzel Mims? as <laughs> my second receiver to stack up with Zach Wilson. You can. Okay, I'm going to take Denzel Mims here. So I'll save some salary to hopefully get another crappy, expensive guy. And um, the goal is not to save salary in this game, Specs. Well, no, I mean, if you're saving salary so you could pay for somebody who's overpriced. <laughs> no, I mean, Mims is uh, he's a great pick, but that's why he's 3000 Uh I will take, you know, I'll leverage against Willis's uh, wide receiver just out of spite. And I will take... <sighs> Robert Woods as underperforming once more as Cooper Cup continues to be the alpha dog that we all know he is. All right, that doesn't look too bad for you at uh at forty one hundred there. Um, let's see. I I'm gonna get another dust ball in here. Let's put Tevin Coleman at four thousand here. Uh, although that's gonna leave me with a sixty four hundred wide receiver. That's gonna stink. Uh, or I guess I can go down to 5,900. Uh, anyways, back to Willis. Uh, I'm going to go with Latavius Murray, who's mm. dealing with an ankle injury. Deep and snake. possibly could not play. 
and only has 8.6 points per game. Um, and if he does play, I just uh, don't think he will do very well. Do you see this trend here, Spags? Do you see all these cues? I was thinking that. I was trying to think of a good QAnon joke. Today, I, yeah, I, I have one cue. Spags has zero cues. And then we got Q Boy over here. <laughs> Q Young Boy is what we call it. <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, Willis, who's your final pick? And then for my final pick, uh, I am going to go with Olamidi. Zacchaeus at 3,700. <laughs> this is how Willis wins. I got to say, Willis tying editorial themes together, doing callbacks. He might be ready to replace me on the show as long yeah. as he works in his Italian mobster accent enough for Welcome to the Family. I'll tell you what, uh, other than the on-air drinking, far less problematic of a host than you, Spags. <laughs> Willis, can you give me a try here of a Welcome to the Family real fast? <laughs> welcome to the family. All right, okay, he's hired. He's, he's hired. Um... Okay, I am going to do... All right, might as well just go f- run back my stack from last week. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase. There it is. Okay, I will go. I, I like what you're doing here, leveraging off of my plays with Tevin Coleman, and I will take a leverage against my own running back. Uh, I will go Everything to one... Everything always leverage, Max. <laughs> I'm just trying to find leverage, Pete, because uh, <laughs> uh, that's why you're like, lever- when you don't win money, you go like, at least I have leveraged <laughs> off of these plays. You just set up a leverage off my own play. <laughs> <laughs> Kari Blossom game, who is back in the mix for Tennessee. He's no Makai Sargent. We all know that in the Tennessee backfield. But Kari Blossom game, come on down with your illustrious. This, <laughs> is, this is bullshit. If he, he's questionable, you're going to take a zero. This is totally I mean, it bullshit. feels like the perfect mousetrap based upon the rules we've set up. Yeah, Willis, you created a loophole that Spags is now just <laughs> pushing to extreme angles. Um, all right, chat, who do you think uh, has the worst team? Who do you think is going to win this one? We have Willis here with a Tua. I mean, his let's let we can recap with the scariest uh, plays. I mean, Cooper Cup is by far the scariest play for Willis here. Um, yeah, Cooper Cup yeah, put up went somewhere 40. different. Cooper Cup could put up 40, and I don't think it would be a surprise. Yes, my scariest play is probably just if the Burrow Chase stack hits because they've shown that ability to hit. I'm probably flying a little too close to the sun, trying it two weeks in a row. And then Spags, I mean, Derek Henry's going to shove a 45 burger. We're also going to get the Darren Waller blow up game this week, too. You just know it. Yeah. Also, our guy Joshua wants to point out, and I know he's mentioned this in the streams a couple times, but um, with that one draft we did on a show, Pete, where you did your team, I did mine. I think Willis is in there as well. Joshua is, in fact, winning that league on underdog. So we have to give him his victory lap that he's at the halfway, not even the halfway point of the season. (laughs) He's winning on the best ball. The chat is making some good points. We're going to allow Spags to sneak this one by, even though it's complete and utter bullshit. Going forward, you have to have at least an average of five points per game. Of a player. We just okay. closed the loophole. You were grandfathered in with your blazing game bullshit, but don't get used to it. <laughs> and Denzel Mims, too. Don't forget him, who's got 3.4. Dude, I, Willis, do I ever forget Denzel Mims? <laughs> no. You know, this is why you're hot. <laughs> That's right. All right. So there we go. That's the low ball lineup. We also got the Thursday night football lineup if you missed that part. So go check that as well. Um, of course, uh, Willis, you are the guest here on the show. And I know you'd probably love to plug Splash Play, but don't do that here. Say whatever you want. The floor is yours. So please make the most of it. Not whatever you want, Willis. This show's already tread on thin ice. <laughs> Pete, you know I wouldn't ever do anything like Spags. 
to <laughs> get you. any of your shows canceled. That's my brand. Um, that's what people expect of me now. So that's the issue. <laughs> it is. I don't really have anything to plug. I, I'm just uh, a, you know, a Twitter follower and YouTube watcher of most of Pete's content and now Spag's content. I used to watch you when you were on the Osmo stream sometimes, even though I wasn't even playing NBA uh, DFS. I would still just be like, oh, well, you know, Spags is live on Osmo. I'll just tune in and, and support him and everything. And, you know, that's what I do. The only plug that I have is how many people are watching right now? We got 87 we, people watching. 87. I currently am seeing that there's only 36 likes. Wow. Like, Can you imagine? Like, hit that like button. And then my other thing that I also like to do for Pete is next to the subscribe button, there is a join button. Hit the join button. J just do it for one month. You know, pay $4.99 to help support Pete for all this amazing content that he does for us basically every day. Every day, you can watch Pete. Well, almost every day. You can watch Pete live on this on his YouTube channel. Just and hit if, the join button. Pay $4.99. That's very nice of you, Willis. And that's my, that's my plug. And part of that is get you access to uh, the Club VIP channel where Willis is a reg. If you want more of the hot takes you've seen from Willis, you got to get him from behind the paywall, the Club VIP paywall uh, in there. But that was very nice of you, Willis. And I've said it before on the show, but you are a legend in the Deposit Kingdom. You are the GOAT commenter. Your uh, show to commenter rate is uh, at all-time highs. We appreciate you. You deserve to be drinking a beer on stream with us today. So thank you for joining us, Willis. Thank yeah, you. We appreciate you, Willis. And I appreciate you watching those Osmo shows that I'm sure I was making fantastic points on and really <laughs> uh, as entertaining as we are <laughs> this show. But honestly, Willis, I got to give a shout out to Willis in general and the community that, that Pete and everybody here is building with the Deposit Kingdom. Go hang out with these guys. Like they're in the chat, they're hanging out on Discord all the time. And that's what you can get when you hit that join button as well. So go check them out. Uh, Pete, what are your plugs here before I do our final spiel? Uh, speaking of Osmo, I am going to have him on my GPP strategy show uh tomorrow so i'm excited about that that's at noon i'll be back tonight at 7 45 for a showdown cram we've been running really hot uh it was last thursday we touted leonard fournette captain that hit on monday touted uh derrick henry captain that hit so i guess we're gonna have to see does the case keenum leverage hold might have to update the thumbnail with some case uh chase keenum clickbait so yeah you can tune in tonight for that all right, so go hang out with Pete. Of course, make sure to follow at Peter Overzet. Willis, what's your handle so people can follow you? I forget offhand. It's uh, Willis is awesome. Okay, that's, I, I, I knew that was the name you go by. I didn't know that you had the handle. So there you go. The branding is strong. Follow at Willis is awesome. Follow at Chris Spags. And of course, follow at Splash Play Pod. We are following you back on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, you can see all the show alerts. If I ever clip something and put it out there, all that stuff's available for you at Splash Play Pod. Tomorrow, we'll be back 2.30 Eastern Time, 11.30 Pacific with a mystery guest. Who knows it'll be? You'll know tomorrow if you come hang out with us then. And of course, go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe to get that FO plus data in your life, DVOA, and a whole lot more to help you make the most of Thursday night football games and of course the main slates as well. So go footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. So enjoy your days and good luck.